0: hello hello welcome welcome to the fourth episode of essentially blue podcast welcome this is a new day i'm your host tommy and i'm joined by a few amazing guests today in fact i'm joined by very brilliant people i'm joined by ubi and i'm joined by Manuel, how are you guys doing? Yeah,
1: very cool.
2: I'm all right, man. Thanks for having me again. It's such a blast.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, we've had Ubi like on three occasions. So I'm looking forward to this. So we're going to be looking back at the Luton match that happened a few days ago. And we're going to be looking to the Burnley match as well. Luton and Burnley. Luton's FA Cup match. And then we're looking at the Burnley match that happened yesterday. So, guys, as also, we're going to be looking forward to the Norwich and Newcastle game. I was going to I think Norwich are playing Norwich on uh, Thursday and we're going to play Newcastle on Sunday I believe so yeah this should be fun. So guys what do you think about the Luton match?
2: Man, you can start ahead.
1: <laughs> no, honestly I didn't watch that much. I wasn't I wasn't having the the, the leisure time, so actually. I couldn't watch.
2: Okay, that's fine man. I'm going to start then my verdict about the match, uh, the Luton match. Well, w- when I first saw the the lineup I thought it's a bit strange because at first glance, I thought we're going to play with uh, 4-3-3, hotson right back and Kennedy left back. But then we actually played three at the back with Loftus-Cheek as a centre-back, which is pretty new to everyone, I think. It was his first game as a centre-back. I think we had a really shaky first half. We can all agree on that. Much better second half. Uh, Luton's first goal, I think it was Malongsa's fault because he was poorly marking the opposition. That's why they, they could uh, win the aerial duel and, you know, head the, the ball into the back of the nut. Second goal, I think initially it was Loftus-Cheek's fault because he lacks in defensive awareness of course so when he was i think 3v2 so it was Malongsar Rudiger and Loftus but Loftus was the person that he he basically ran at the opposition and left space in behind which allowed the opposition to play a long ball to the other player and then of course Malongsar doesn't have the pace to to just run past the the players you know I think as a defender, you need to hold your ground in this in this occasion. Just wait for the opposition's movement. If you see them playing through balls or like just sprinting with the ball, you need to, to be able to turn your back and then run with them. So this was Malung uh, Saar's fault. He didn't hold his ground well. Same with Faftus Cheek. He just blasted at the player. I think as a midfielder, it's okay to do this because you would have cover in, in, in your back. There would be the defense. But since he was the defender, he, perhaps he forgot in that instance and he just uh, opened up yeah. the space for them.
0: Yeah. I noticed that as well, actually. Yeah. The second, the first, was it the, yeah, the second goal, yeah. The second, yeah. Everything you said, I actually noticed the Ruben's movements cost, uh, I mean, it'd be unfair to say it cost it, but Ruben's movements kind of like was the catalyst to the goal
2: because. Yeah.
0: Once he, I think he was trying to change the ball and then once he missed it, Balancar was trying to play the other guy on, Was it, he was trying to play him offside. So the whole thing just scattered and then, you know, they we kind of considered it as well. So I'm just glad we won because I didn't want to, you know, go through that process of like, oh, wow, Chelsea lost to
2: a championship team. Exactly, you know? exactly.
0: So I, I'm just glad we won.
2: Yeah.
0: So also, what was the moment of the match for you? Who was the man of the match for you? The Luton match.
2: Well, for me, it was Timo Werner because, of course, he scored and provided an assist. Yeah. But also when he was not being serviced, especially in the first half, he was actually dropping to midfield to aid the defenders into transition. So the centre-backs can directly pass the ball to him. And then since he has the pace and good dribbling ability, he carries the ball to the front. Yeah. So, you know, his service was good. And when he was not being serviced, he was actually dropping deep, which is uh, one of Kai Havertz's characteristics, as we discussed earlier in other episodes. But it's good to see it with Werner as well. It's such a nice thing to have in strikers.
0: Yeah, I think Tuku, because we went into the break in halftime and I think Tuku got his tactics spot on. I don't know what he told them at halftime this second time. I mean, we're going to come to the Burnley match, but... This is the second time where we're going to halftime. Yeah. And it's not a good position. And then for some reason, Tuku, cool. I don't know what he tells them. <laughs> he, I don't know what he tells them during the halftime, but it seems to be working. Exactly. So More of that, please. So uh, for me, the moment of the match was Werner's goal as well. Like I was happy that he scored and I was happy we collised as well. I think he had a good game. I mean, he got two assists. Like, oh, Saul as well. Yeah, well, we're going to come to Saul soon. But I think Werner had a good game. So I was happy for him as well, actually. But I think man of the match for me, perhaps in Luton, would be Saul or Werner. But I'll, I'll go with Saul. But be well, Saul
2: had a good game. He finally scored his first, basically, debut goal. <laughs> let me call it that. His first goal ever for Chelsea. And he was on a on really good run with uh, Chelsea, especially the Luton uh, game compared to the Burnley game. And we're going to talk about it soon. But... He had a way better game in Luton. Scored a goal, really was everywhere on the pitch. He kind of reminded me of Kovacic, you know, the same uh, play style. That game, at least.
0: Yeah. It was such a nice... Like, it was so nice to see Saul, Ruben and Werner all come good. Ruben had a very nice impact in the first match, the Luton match, precisely. I'm happy for him, you know, because... I'm happy for him because, um, you know, he has been through a lot, injuries, etc, etc, loans and all that. But I'm actually glad that, you know, now he's finding his feet and he's becoming stronger and stuff. So, yeah, more of that. He
2: really did play well as a centre-back, makeshift centre-back. As a first uh, match ever to be a centre-back, I mean, you cannot just transition yourself from midfielder to a centre-back in just one night. You know what I mean? He still lacks in defensive awareness, as I said. But I think his physicality, his height, his 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 play style makes sense as a makeshift centre-back. Sort of like a, yeah. what he called Declan Rice. He has this into his locker, the, the versatility. He can mm-hmm. be a midfielder, he can be a centre-back as well. So it's good to see it yeah. with Ruben Loftus-Cheek.
0: And he played right wing-back on Saturday, yesterday. So it was nice to see. I've, yeah. been, I've been supporting Chelsea for a long time and... I'm surprised. I would never have expected to see Ruben in a centre back position. Even, I think I was more surprised to see him in a right wing back. Yeah. No, I was more surprised to see him in a centre back position, to be honest. But both were quite surprising, to be honest. But yeah. True, true. Yeah. But I'm happy for Saul, though. Do you have any words for Saul? Because he had a very shaky start to the season, but, you know, he became better eventually.
2: Yeah, I think any player would struggle to to adapt to the Premier League because it's a different pace compared to La Liga, for example. I think he needed to put more confidence in himself and he finally found it. So, you know, it's good that he, he, he came a long way with us, but I think he's a much better player overall with us compared to how he even was with Atletico Madrid. So yeah, yeah. good for him.
0: She's getting there. Uh, Manuel, do you have anything to say for about Saul? Saul has been playing well, right?
1: Oh Yeah, yeah. Me, for the goal that he scored the other day, I was very, very happy for him. Yeah. I was very, very happy. Yeah. Because, like, I wouldn't like him to come and go and they would be like, even he came to play for Chelsea and he couldn't score any goal for Chelsea. No, I didn't want it that way. So, as I came to check, say, the everything the like, highlight and I realised he scored. And it, it was amazing goal too. Like, the goal was really, really nice goal. So I was very, very happy for you. Yeah,
0: it. me too, me too, me too. So, yeah, we progressed into the what call it, into the next round of FA Cup. So now we're going to play Middlesbrough. Are you looking forward to that? Yeah. It will be.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think it, it should be a difficult match, but I don't think we would lose to them because, no disrespect to, to them, but in the end, we're Chelsea. We have a good uh, coach. He's willing to adapt to every team, which is what I like about him. So yeah, I'm looking forward for that match, man.
0: Yeah, I hope we win the FA Cup because I mean, it's been, it's been um, how many years now, Arsenal? Yeah, Leicester. It's too much, man. I mean, I think we should win it.
2: I have a feeling we might win it this this year. It might be our time.
0: I hope so, man. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so, Manolo, What do you think? Do you think we we'll win the FA Cup this year? Yeah,
1: yeah, we are going to we are going to win that match. Like, it's it's it's. Uh, definitely win for us. Like We are not losing that much. Yeah. Fair enough. We're fair enough. Going to win that
0: much, yeah. I hope so. I hope so. So yeah, Ubi, what was the... Okay, so, okay. You uh, answered the man of the match already, right? Yeah. Man oh. Okay, you said you didn't watch the match, so it's okay, don't worry. Um, So let's go into the Burnley match. I mean, we- we're going to Middlesbrough. We're going to play them. I don't know when precisely, but we're going to play them soon, so that should be fun. But about the Burnley match, like the whole build-up to the match, I mean, we're going to address the elephant in the room soon, but... We know Roman is about to sell the club and we're hoping that it's going to be to the right hand. So the whole build up to the Burnley match was a bit of uncertainty, right? So what were you feeling when you're going to the match, the Burnley match? What was your feeling? I think
2: it was mixed feelings. When I saw the the lineup, I was actually happy because it was a strong lineup, which is... Uh, I mean, we deserve to put a good lineup against Burnley because, remember, we actually drawn to them 1-1, I think it was, earlier in the season. Yeah. But, yeah, of course, about the Abramovich thing, I'm still shocked, actually. And as you said, I hope whoever buys the the club after him will have the same values, being like putting um, effort into the academy, caring for younger players, giving them opportunities... Not really ignoring them like other owners of clubs may do. I don't know. Just this is all I am, I'm hoping for, really. And yeah, it's, it's yeah. not going to be an easy transition, I think, for the staff, for the fans, for the players themselves. But it has to be done for political reasons, I guess. So let's just hope it's going to be smooth, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, me too. But, I mean, have you seen any of the potential owners? Like, is there anyone you fancy? Or you're just taking it with a pinch I'm of salt? I'm just taking
2: everything with a pinch of salt. Of course, none of the yeah. names sound familiar. That's normal. I'm not a businessman in the end. But, um, you know, as I said, like, I don't care who, who takes over, what nationality and what race they come from. But what I, well, rather, as I said, like, putting the same values as Roman into the Cobham Academy, for example. Also, like, I heard some rumors that someone like Tukul may, I mean, maybe he would be fired, not because he's a bad coach, of course, but because the new owner may want to make his or her own stamp. On onto uh, Chelsea so to say okay this is my move you have to listen to me I'm gonna kick your coach assign a new one as a, as a way of saying I'm in charge I mean I hope it's just a rumour okay because Tukul uh, does not yeah, deserve too, to be fired
0: I know I know that would be yeah. madness that would be the worst possible way exactly. to start an era that would be let's horrible, see what happens man but I hope so too yeah let's see what happens but yeah what was the feeling going to the Burnley match like how did you how did you I mean, feel? I was
2: excited, to be honest, because I knew that Chelsea would recover from the horrible display we overall put against Luton because, of course, the players looked shaky. I mean, yes, we won, obviously, but like apart from playing with a makeshift centre-back, the players, I think they looked really emotional because I think when they we, when we played Luton, it was like few hours after the decision of Roman, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, so like no wonder that we didn't perform well, obviously. But hey, maybe they took it nicely. Who knows? If Petrcek, I heard he gave a pep talk to the players and the staff, so maybe this perhaps helped the players into performing way, way better into a, ma- a master class, basically, against uh Burnley. Uh, yeah, for no, it was amazing, really. One of the Uh, most fun uh, matches of Chelsea I watched after the Liverpool one in the FA Cup of last week.
0: Yeah, 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 I hear you. So, I mean, people complain so much about the first half.
2: Yeah, I mean, I understand, really. It was a slow-paced first half. But even Tuchel himself said, I mean, I don't know if it's an excuse or not, but he said the grass (laughs) was a bit sticky or whatever. No, it was
0: actually like it wasn't as um, smooth,
2: yeah, silky,
0: exactly. silky or whatever as you know, Stanford Bridge or Etihad yeah. or something. Uh, you know, the ball wasn't skidding off the surface as, as best as it should be, it was dragging. And took was like, Oh, once you get into position, the ball arrives one second late. And in football, one second one second is a lot of time. So, you know, it wasn't the best. I mean, I guess it works towards um, Burnley style of football, I guess, but I wasn't impressed with the pitch the surface of like the pitch and all yeah. that. You know, but I mean I'm glad we won. I and mean, we won by an outrageous margin. If I predicted a two nil, I never expected like
2: um four nil. Yeah, never. same here, same here. I mean it's been a while since we we've won like four nil. I think last time we won four nil was against Juventus in the Champions League, imagine.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it was it was nice to and I think it's bit of like a bit of a uh, I mean, I won't say a problem, but a bit of a problem with um, Tukul and um, Sean Dyche. So it was nice for Tukul to have this sort of win, I guess. I mean, he wouldn't really like, you know, he wouldn't really milk it, but it, yeah. was, it was nice for him to have it. I, was, I don't know if you remember, did you watch the Burnley-Chelsea match back in Stafford? Yeah, League? yeah, One-one. I did. It
2: was a very frustrating match. You know, match. they had a bit of
0: a, you remember, they had a bit of an argument, um, Tukul and Sean Yeah, Dyche. yeah, true, so true, true. Nice. I remember that. Remember, so it was nice, yeah. I'm sure has forgotten anyway. Yeah. I'm sure it's not that kind of yeah. person, but I remember. Very so <laughs> nice. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, the first half I saw people on Twitter, they were so like, oh, you know, the first half was horrible, blah, blah, blah. For me, I was just like I expected it because one is Burnley, and I know whenever you come to tough More, you always always have like a KG type of match. So I wasn't really expecting us to be so like but I don't at the same time I understood what everybody was saying. I don't want to lose points. Yeah. But at the same time, I was calm because I knew that Chelsea always find a way. It's true.
2: I I also saw Twitter. Just uh, I mean, people on Twitter, um, just uh, they're freaking out about the first half. But in fact, I think we we played a good first half. It was slow, yes, but we created chances and stuff. And it's true, we gave away some silly mistakes. And luckily, yeah, <laughs> we didn't get in. Thiago Silva, was exactly. There to save us. Another goal line save, you know, but. Uh, other than that, we played quite good in the first half. And, of course, way better in the second half. But the first half was not bad, in my opinion.
0: Do you buy this narrative that Kante isn't really performing? Because I hear a lot Actually, of calling him out. With ass. all
2: due respect, but those people that say Kante is not performing don't know anything about football because thanks to Kante, <laughs> yeah, thanks to Kante in the, yeah. f- the second half, yeah. even Tukul himself said when he put two strikers... And then Kante was behind them. If you notice, Kante was doing a lot of dribbling in front of the Burnley defense. Yeah. Because of this change, yeah. it allowed us to move forward more quickly. It allowed Dries James to have more license to go forward without having to worry about anything else. So, you know, it was thanks to Kante, basically. This is why we scored four goals. Actually, three goals in uh, seven minutes, if I'm not mistaken.
0: yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I-, I was just glad. I mean, for me, I can't really criticise Kante because I feel like Kante is like fine wine. So he always gets better. Exactly. I mean, for me, seeing Kante on the pitch is good enough for me. I know re- the only time you can criticise Kante is... I mean, obviously, people have their opinions, but I feel the only time you can criticise Kante was when he made that mistake in his arsenal, when he slipped during a counter-attack. Yeah. And then he... I think Martinelli, that was the only time, you know, but every other thing... I mean, Kante does what Kante does best. in opinion. Exactly. So... I, I find it difficult to criticise him. On the other hand, I could look at Jorginho. I felt like that match didn't really suit Jorginho, the Burnley match. Yeah, yeah. I felt we needed coverage at the time, that first half. Yeah. But again, Tuku. Cool. I don't know, man. I don't know, but this guy is just really good at what he does. But he didn't make any substitutions. I He, he sent out the same players. And obviously, I, I don't know. I think he said he, during the press conference, or the post-match conference, he said that, you know, he told the players where they, he emphasised on where they could find spaces better. And they utilised exactly. that, so yeah. I was really like, I you know, like, you know, this guy knows what he's doing. But Manuel, um, what do you think about the Burnley match? What what moment stood out for you, and who was your man of the match? The
1: moment, moment would be the second half for me because the first, the first half was really, really frustrating and like I wasn't happy with some of the referee's decision that he was taking. Yeah, like, no, this is really, really bad. It, this is not how it's supposed to be. Like, it should favor all of us. If it is for us, she gives it to us. If it is for them, she gives it to them. So for the first half, it was very very frustrating to me, yeah. and I wasn't happy. Yeah. But the second half, like how the boys came back, they displayed and like got four goals, and me, I was very very happy for James, like his James and Kai Havertz especially. I was very very happy for them. Yeah. So they so... like, to come back from long injury, and, like. To play like this, yeah, it's 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 very amazing. So yeah. who, who was the man
0: of the match? Man of the match, mm. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah, he, yes, yes. He had a quality yes. quality match. So, one moment, one moment stood out
1: for you. The moment was when I have was about to score, and Messi Mount was already celebrating. Yeah, that was that was nice actually. That was nice. That was nice. Yes, I was like, wow,
0: this guy, this guy believed in this yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, no, like, I think Mount yeah. is the biggest fan of Havertz at uh, what you call it, as a player yes. <laughs> in the Chelsea yes. team. You know, but yeah, Ubi, how about you though? Like, who who was the man of the match and what moment stood out for you? The uh, man
2: of the match for me has to go to Reece James because I think if not if yeah. not thanks to his first goal, we wouldn't be able to have the fluidity of scoring second, third, and fourth. And the moment of the match was also uh, Rhys James' first goal, really, because that dribbling man in the box was amazing. Like the fake shots he was making, it actually threw off the defenders of Burnley, which allowed him to have Mm -hmm. some space to hit it to the far post. So it was really, really well struck ball. It was amazing dribbling ability for someone who's basically a right wing back, which you know we all know right backs, right, right wing backs are not famous. For their dribbling, usually they're like more heavy on the ball, but not yeah. for Rhys James. He he yeah. really came a long way. I'm yeah. actually proud of him. Me too. Me too.
0: No, I I echo what you said. You make a lot of good points. I echo what you said. Yeah. So yeah, what do you think about Lukaku? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's always fun. It's always fun to criticize Lukaku, but he's
2: not playing anymore. So, yeah. You I mean, know. he did play well with the Luton match. He scored a goal, after all. Yeah, uh, he didn't exist yesterday's game, so I don't know.
0: Perhaps he'll play against Norwich. Yeah, so. makes Perhaps sense. makes
2: way. sense. I think so.
1: I think Lukaku was about to come to the pitch before they scored the first goal, and it's like that's where everything came. <laughs> because I'm sure Lukaku was coming on for Kai Havertz, and immediately Kai Havertz stopped. I, it's like I'm sure they stopped the substitution because during the end of the first half, I see him like having a little exercise before he can come on. Yeah. So I'm sure when the goal started coming, yeah, they realized, okay, like, he should rest. Maybe you know which game he, he's going to play or the league match he's going to play, I'm sure. Yeah. But what I believe in now, like, he's not going to, they are, like, Tukul is not going to start him. I'm very, very strong. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> because Kai Havertz, yeah. our new star boy, like, we should, we should protect the boy. Kai Havertz is a new star boy. True. Based on the fact that Roman,
0: Roman is leaving, and Marina might be leaving as well, so there's nobody to protect Lukaku anymore. So he's just a regular player now. It's no more a hundred pound, hundred million pound player. So that protection is gone. True, true. Yeah. Right. So it'll be fun though. For me, I just want, I just want to see the next owner back Tukul. That's the best thing he can do to win win us Chelsea fans over. To be honest, Tukul deserves to be backed. I feel like. Any Anybody who comes, I just hope that they compliment the great manager that is Thomas Tupo, in my opinion. I don't want any of this like, oh, they want a new manager, blah, blah, blah. No. We need a, someone, hopefully someone who... I'm not sure they are going to Sake.
1: Yeah? I'm not sure. They are not, they are not going to him. No, they will never.
0: But a new owner might come and be like, oh, just like Ubi said, a new owner might come and be like, oh, you know, they want to implement their own philosophy or their own DNA you know, in their own way of seeing football, and then they're like, oh, Tukul doesn't really fit that. It would be crazy for anyone to say that, but, the, you know, people, they'll be like, oh, Tukul doesn't really fit that. Or perhaps Tukul is too
1: demanding. No, no, I'm not sure. Even if Tukul is demanding, like, this is your new era, and this is what you want you to do to improve your team. Yeah. If you are a new owner, like, if you really have, for, like, if you really have uh, love for the team, you will back him. Okay, this is what I want, and this is what I want us to do, so that we can progress together. True that. So you can't say that. Okay, you can. You are not going to back him to do that for him, and it's like, no, no, no. Tuku is not going anywhere. And me, like, I'm having some faith and confidence that, like, the new owners that will come, like, they will give the job to kill, like, to stay forever. Yeah,
0: I hope so. Uh... Like,
1: I have, I have that faith. Like, yeah, yeah, that's okay. I have that
0: faith. That's okay. Um, Ubi, what do you, how do you see the new uh, the Norwich game going? Because after Norwich, we have Newcastle. So, how do you see the Norwich game going? Uh,
2: I think it should be an easy game. If you remember, we won 7 0 against them in the first uh, time we played them this season. So, I'm not sure if we're gonna score seven goals again because, of course, back then Norwich was a yeah. worse team compared to nowadays. Yeah, but the fact that the, yeah. uh, Gilmore will not play, he's a key player in the midfield of Norwich. Of course, he can't play because of the parent mm-hmm. club thing. So we have a good advantage um, because we have better quality defenders, attackers, midfielders compared to Norwich. Again, not, no disrespect to them, but it's a, it's a true fact.
0: Yeah. So what's your score prediction? I
2: think it's an easy 3-0. Could be more. <laughs>
0: yeah. For me, I, I, I see it as a banana skin, yeah. Because, I, mean, I mean, Norwich beat Man City... I know it, was, it, it sounds crazy. They can't really beat us. But I feel like because of Dennis Smith, you know, we have to be very careful. Yeah. So I, mean,
2: I would say maximum they may score a goal. But I, I don't think it would go as far as drawing to us or even winning against us. I don't think so, at least.
0: I don't think. We have to Exactly. So I don't think that we get getting a goal. Like yeah. it, I but, Manuel, what do you think? What do you think about the Norwich game? How do you see that going? Straight win, and we are
1: winning by five goals. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) It's a fact, it's a fact, and I can't even predict like Kai Havertz is definitely going to score in that game. That would be nice, but definitely. What if Lukaku starts though?
0: Because I mean, after after Norwich, we have Newcastle in the space of three days. We play Norwich on Thursday and play Newcastle on Sunday. Then after that, we have Lille in the Champions League. So I think Lukaku. Will probably be given a start.
1: I I'm not quite convinced that like he's going to have a start. Because like Kai Havertz is there and like he's he's doing it, like he's making it, like he's scoring the goals, and like he's performing better. So I don't know why he will go and bench. Okay, maybe he will play alongside like uh, Kai Havertz will play alongside Lukaku, one of them. Yeah, so maybe. They are going to bench a uh, policy or something like that? Fair enough, we'll see. But, yeah, I'm not seeing any sign that we are going to bench Carver, no,
0: or perhaps you go with the Lukaku Vana partnership again, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, so sure. okay, so the well, we have three center backs right out of contract Aspi, Rudiger, and Christensen. Uh, no, I'm sure you guys heard Chris Hansen has signed a new contract with um, Barcelona. Barcelona. Are you Barcelona. What was your opinion on that? Are you guys happy? or?
1: In what I was hearing is that he figured that he was having a injury problem and like he went back so he yeah. to do a medical test. <laughs> I saw that as well. That means he wasn't faithful to the club and I was not really, really happy about that.
0: But do you think it's true though? Oh No. Do you think it's true? I, I saw that. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it's true. You think so, Ubi? Did you yeah. see it? Yeah, yeah,
2: I think it's true. I wouldn't be surprised, man, because he's been wanting to have a new challenge, as he said, for a long time. As far as I know, with Christensen, at least, it was not a uh, a matter of money, but rather a new challenge, according to what he said. Yeah. I mean, it's such a loss because Christensen is a ball-playing center half, which means he's good with the ball uh, in his feet. And also, he's not afraid to progress forward. So we we need that, especially with the Tuchel system, with the overlapping center backs, you know, what Aspi does all the time. It's such a big loss, of course. He was with us since he was, uh, I don't know, 16, 17 or something like that. So it was a yeah. long way. So it's sad to see him depart. But hey, so is life, right? Uh, we still have quality centre-backs. Uh, I think Brüdiger might sign a new contract eventually. Same with Aspi. If yeah. he, if his requirements were met, there's no reason for him to leave. So, you know.
0: I saw something about Aspi very close to a new contract with Barcelona as well but I don't mind I won't really get to stay for sure I think we'll get uh, Max Killman at Wolves I think it's a Chris Henson is good Chris Henson is good on his day but I feel like Max Killman would make us not miss Chris Henson yeah so and I'm a big fan anyway I'm a big fan of A. Neary Neary, but I I, I watch Wolves quite a bit so I can Mm -hmm. tell you that um, Max Kilman is a good player I think he, he'll be a step up to Chris Simpson or, or on the same Perhaps, level as he is so we wouldn't really miss Chris Henson too much in my opinion and guess what he plays you know how Rudiger is a right footed um, defender and he plays on the left centre back mm-hmm. position it's, not, it's opposite for Kilman. so Kilman is left footed and he plays on the right centre back position so oh, that should yeah. be nice it's a good see. contrast so you just imagine yeah right him and Rudiger that should be nice and hopefully we can get more out of Thiago Silva yeah. I don't know who played that centre back. Who will be an understudy in the centre back um, position? I think always what?
2: Thiago Silva has to play as a like a central centre back, like in the middle, because he has a good passing yeah. ability. He also progresses forward, and yeah. he has a good defensive awareness yeah. to to step back when he's too 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 much forward. You know, so
1: yeah.
0: But Manuel,
2: what do you think? I mean,
0: who do you think do you think, Who do you think do you think we're a new centre back? Like, I mean, I, I'm hearing we're going to sign De That's at, at uh, UV.
1: If we are going to sign De the lit, then what are we doing about Kunde? Because Kunde is ready to play for Chelsea. Yeah. Kunde is very, very Oh, yeah. Ready.
0: You, I forgot about Kunde. actually. I can't believe I forgot about Kunde.
1: <laughs> Kunde and Rudiger, they have this kind of, like, beast attitude. Yeah. That, like, strength. Mm. Yeah. Kunde, he has it very well. I like, cannot
0: believe. I'll be happy
1: to see it. Yeah, true. Yeah. I can't believe I forgot about Kundi. Because Kunde is <laughs> you know, is always my first like, target okay, we should bring him yeah. to Kelsey in the summer. My first person to come to the summer. Uh, to Kelsey in the summer. Yeah.
0: But with the whole uncertainty though, do you think it'll affect our transfer window? I mean it would ideally, but I hope not. You know, with the whole like new owner and stuff. How do you see our transfer window going?
1: Well the thing is, uh like it's like they've already like made all those deals down okay in the transfer window this is what is coming in and i'm sure they have they already have the budgets and everything for it yeah you see so like if marina will be there i'm sure like all those are going to go through like all those transfers will surely go through it doesn't matter the new owner because we want to strengthen the if yeah. the new owner cup that's why Roma brother said he is not going to sell it to like anyone who just have the money yeah. and like yeah, but I would rather sell it to someone who have part to the team, like someone who who is not like uh, I don't know, have anything to do with political business or other stuff. Mm. I don't know how to say it, though, but so I'm not sure it's going to affect our transfer in the summer. Like I'm not sure because. I'm sure it 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 will be something like a covenant between a uh, Roman and a person that's coming to buy yeah. it. So like, okay, this is how I want it to go. So please do that for me, and I'll be very happy with True. it.
0: I mean, hopefully they keep their word as well.
1: Yes, yeah. yes,
0: definitely, because
1: the invest the investment he has in there is not something small. True. So like, True, You have to be committed. True. You have to be committed. Ubi, so what do you, how do you see the Roman
0: the post Roman era looking? Well, it? it's
2: a bit scary, but as Manuel said, Roman is um, <laughs> Roman is not uh, willing to rush his decision into selling it to just whoever has the yeah. money. So this makes me yeah. think maybe there will be like a clause or something in the contract of the new order that says, I don't know, you have to always take care of Cobham, you know, the academy. I want to back to cool, trust in him. Who knows? I mean, these are behind closed mm. doors. We never see these details, right? true. So I, true. I'm hoping it will be something like this. Because if it is, then it's going to be a smooth transition. Otherwise, it may be chaotic. I'm hoping, of course, for the peaceful transition. But otherwise as Chelsea fan, we'll always adapt to whoever takes over, right? In the end, it's not about the owner. Yeah. As much as I love Roman Abramovich and he's an amazing owner, thanks to him, we want so many mm-hmm. things, but in the end, we love Chelsea as a club, not the owner only, you know what I'm saying? So the the ship has yeah. to move uh, forward. So that's my opinion.
0: So, I mean, there's love, uncertainty. Like I've said countless times, but. Well, Ubi, do you think Tukul may need to take inspiration from Klopp moving forward? Like, you know, Liverpool, they're not really known for... I mean, Balu is Diaz, they're not really known for spending a lot of Mm -hmm. money. So it's more of like, you know, a coaching technique. Do you think Tukul needs to take inspiration from Klopp moving forward now? Because I don't know if we might be able to, you know, spend as lavishly as we used to. Hopefully I'm wrong, Um, but what do you think? I
2: think he... I mean, he could take inspiration. There's no nothing wrong with that from club or whoever else. But I think yeah. he needs to be himself, implement his philosophy, because if he believes we need to spend money, bring someone new, and train this person to get the best out of them, similar to Thiago Silva, for example, then sure, go ahead. Otherwise, we have amazing quality at Cobham. We always have new pro- uh, prospects from the academy almost every year, every season coming out, you know, new players. So yeah. I don't think we need to worry too much about the transfer market. He just needs to implement his philosophy and not to worry about the small details.
0: Gets in the right players as well. The reason I say that is because when you look at Conte and you look at Klopp, right? So Klopp, uh, you know, he took Andy Robertson from Hull City, right? And he, Trent was a 19-year-old, yeah. you know. I, I'm sure you can take Jota. I mean, obviously, everyone knew Jota was a good player. But, you know, I feel like he improved players like Jota, Mane, Salah. This are like... Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a good coach. Fairly above average. Fairly above average. And he made them who they are now. But when you look at Conte now, Conte is like, you know, give me players. Like, give me money and I'll spend. Mm. So this is what I'm saying. That's why I was like, oh, do you think Tukul needs to take a bit of inspiration from Klopp? Because, I mean... Guardiola, I don't know if Guardiola is known for bringing up players from the youth system, and you know, I know he's good at improving players, but I don't know if he's good at like what Klopp does. Klopp is simply coaching, in my opinion. Yeah, but that's what this is one of the few things I admire from Klopp anyway. But that's the reason I brought it up. So, what do you think? Uh, like wise? Yeah, yeah, it's uh,
2: yeah. I mean, as I said, I just believe in Tuchel's philo- philosophy, and he just and also. I, I agree that he's the kind of coach that he brings the best out of players in general. Like, also look at Kante. Like, similar to yesterday. Actually, yesterday's game uh, is a good example.
0: Because
2: yeah. as I said, he put uh, Kante behind the strikers, which allowed him to dribble more to open up the, the opposition defense. So it was, uh, it was a tactical decision which shows that he has this ability to bring the best out of players and implement it into the team. Fair enough.
0: Fair enough. We wish him the best going forward. But let me come to Manuel. So Manuel, Ubi actually put down the question here. He's like, you know, do you think we'll replace Marina
1: Granovska? Replacing her, like, to be two options right now. Maybe it'll be the best option, but maybe two. it can be the worst like mistake we'll ever do. Yeah. Like, as a club. <laughs> See? Right. It's like, the thing is, we all don't know the future. Like, we don't know how to, what, what is going to come out from yeah. it. But Marina, every good owner who loves Chelsea, mm-hmm. will never tell Marina to leave. Mm-hmm. Because you can see what Marina is doing in the history of football. Like Chelsea, let me say, it, for instance, he's doing a quite like amazing job. Marina is really, really doing well. So no good owner will say, okay, let's Marina leave. And he, he or she will bring in the person that he fits will do the job. So, for me, I don't think uh, Marina will be leaving. I'm not sure. But I, I'm not sure. I, I, I agree
0: with what you said. But she's, everywhere Roman goes, she seems to be there. You know, even in the previous company. Yeah. I mean, he, he brought her to Chelsea. Let, let,
1: let's think of this. Roman was not ready to sell Chelsea. Okay. But it's because of this pressure. And Roman loves Chelsea no matter Mm -hmm. what. That's why he said he's not going to sell the team to any other person just like that. Someone who has heart for the team. Like, he's not in a rush to sell the team. So, since he Mm loves Chelsea, I'm sure he's not going to tell Marina to leave. Like, he should be there. But maybe he can represent uh, uh, this thing, Roman, in our team again. Mm -hmm. Maybe close doors, Roman and the person who is coming to buy Chelsea. Mm-hmm. For me, me, I'm just saying they can be friends or something or like family related, which we the fans, we might not know. Like it's something I'm saying. And I hope if it is like that, I'll be very if it is like that. <laughs> yeah. You get it. Yeah. So I'm sure Marina will be there to represent uh, Roman. Like, Roman will definitely refer to the new owner. That, okay, Marina will be there. Like this is like to represent me, like the the this thing, the relationship you have before me leaving the team into your hands. So I think Marina should be there. Well yeah.
2: sorry guys, the thing about yeah. that is um mm-hmm. I don't think it's about uh what do you call Roman. Like he, he's never gonna Roman. tell her to leave, yeah. of course. But I heard that there's a pressure on her since as Manuel said uh, she always had this connection with him professionally of course so like yeah. Yeah. the new owner may tell her you can stay as long as you cut off your like relationship professionally with roman for some reason it's a bit disgraceful because you can't discredit a person's ability just because of their connections like on one side M- yeah. marina she's uh, the most powerful woman in football we all know this she has mm-hmm. amazing abilities and everything mm-hmm. And similar to Roman, he's a great owner and he's being discredited just because of his connections to Russia, which makes no sense to me in the footballing world. You know, in my humble opinion, we should never mix politics with football. No matter, like, I'm not taking sides. I'm not saying anything about Russia or Roman or anything. Okay. It's not about the war. I'm not talking about this. I'm simply saying just because of a person has a certain connection does not make him bad. You know what I'm saying? It's just very unfair. But hey, people get triggered by literally the smallest things in the world in general, let alone football and owners and their connections. You know what I'm saying? It's just very unfortunate.
0: I mean, I agree. I agree. I could go down that route, but I don't want to be more controversial than I need to. But I agree with what you said. So yeah. Um, Let me ask you this question then. Do you think we're going to be moving stadiums soon?
2: I'm not sure. I don't think so, to be honest. Stamford Bridge has been our castle for many years to come. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if we're going to replace it. I mean, eventually, of course, but not anytime soon. I don't think that's a priority to any owner, in my opinion. But I don't know, Manuel, what do you think?
0: Yeah, Manuel, what do you think? Because I'm hearing that because we're going to get a new owner and um, because of like Chelsea needs to be sustainable and all that. So we might need to eventually make this move to like a 60,000 seater stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, so what, what do you think?
1: really yeah, like having heard anything about that. And like
0: moving stadiums, right?
1: I don't know. Like moving stadium, like then if we'll be moving stadium, like, is it something that like we'll be having two stadium or like we are leaving yeah, we're living Stanford Bridge? Like, yeah, we're leaving yeah, Stanford
0: it. Bridge. So same way like Spurs did theirs. Who else? Um was any West Ham? Um, I can't really think of anybody else. Last time, um, Atletico Madrid, I guess. But you know, each club, if you want to become like bigger and better, you eventually have to make this move. Man City didn't necessarily have to make it because I think they just renovated theirs. Because I mean, they can't really fill up their stadiums anyway. But <laughs> I love Man City, but still, like you just have to say that they can't really fill up their stadiums. But you know, they didn't really have to make that move. But I think once you once once you want to become a bigger club and bigger you know you know, you have to make Bayern, Bayern München as well did that so you have to make that move so I think I'm hearing because Chelsea are going to get a new owner and stuff so eventually you have to make this move to be much sustainable and stuff like that so but it's, a, it's a real it's a real stuff going around so yeah you know
1: so if we should make a move or is it not better like if they're it? pardon wouldn't it be better if they renovate the stadium instead of um,
0: no? I mean, from an economical standpoint, they're saying that it's best we move because we're making more money, blah blah blah. This is this,
1: this so yeah. So I think Taffood Bridge. So is it that is it that is that our fans right now are more than like the capacity no, of no, the no. stadium? But
0: just for the sake of being a bigger club, yeah. Okay, okay. Then no, no, I think it would be a good idea so, yeah? to move. But Ubi, what do you think?
2: yeah I mean, as I said, eventually it's not a bad idea to move, but I just don't think now we have to care about too much about you know what stadium we're in, how many um, visitors can visit, and what's the income from that and this, you know, at least in my opinion, we should focus on the transitional period, so assigning someone who's good enough, who's gonna trust the academy players, who's gonna th- trust the coach rather than where we will be at and the kind of yeah. the superficial side of thing, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I mean, I love Sanford Bridge. I've not been there. I want to go there. But I agree with you. I feel like we have bigger fish to fry. So I agree exactly. with what you said. Yeah. But let me come to your question now. So you said Leon are set on permanently, you know, buying um uh, what's his name? Emerson. Mm-hmm. Do you think this will put less pressure on Chihuahua? Um Because, perhaps. I mean, I... Okay, yeah. Do you think you put less pressure on Chilwell? Because like, we always wanted to sell MSN anyway.
2: Yeah, true. And also, I don't think Marcus Alonso is going to be a big threat to uh, Chilwell, because of course, he's much worse. I mean, I like Marcus Alonso, don't get me wrong, but compare his quality to Chilwell. Chilwell doesn't need to put too much effort to prove himself in comparison to um, Marcus Alonso. But yeah, I mean, maybe it will put less pressure, but also maybe it will help him mentally to think, okay, there isn't any more competition. I can be myself. I can improve my game. Because, I mean, he likes Chelsea. He likes to provide assists and score for us. He's always looking forward to push himself forward. He's not scared to make nice crosses similar to Rhys James on the other flank. So I think it will, in some ways, improve his game. But... In, in a good sense, you know, like put less pressure on him, but in a good way, you know, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I disagree. You know why? Because I feel like Tuku is a madman, how he wants everybody to be on their toes. Same way as Guardiola as well. So I don't think, even if we have, so obviously we've always had like three left backs, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't know, I don't think we've had three right backs. So we've had three left backs. So I feel Tuku wants everybody to be on their toes. So for the sake of like improvement, so I feel like even if we lose... Kennedy for example i feel like he's and un- yeah i feel like he's going to want to purchase a new left back right so yeah um who is the greatest
2: manager on the roman for you oh this is a, a difficult question look yeah. if i'm going to be emotional i'm going to say toko because he won the champions league club world cup and he's going to win more things but maybe the logical standpoint should say that it was Uh, Jose Mourinho Because of course Because of him We started to winning everything And he's a great manager overall Uh, uh, No room for Conte and Ancelotti No, not really They're good But not to the level Where they have to be Best managers ever Under Roman Because we're talking ever In the the last two decades I don't think they were were that good uh,
0: Manuel, what do you think? Who do you think is the greatest manager In the Roman era?
1: For me Mm. Yeah, Stico is good For me, I'll go for Mourinho like, even though he couldn't win a championship league with this yeah, or something like that, but he was able to take like Chelsea into this record, like home uh, home games without a defeat, like uh, 86 or uh, 86 games, home games without a defeat, Maria, which like he really did mm-hmm. well. So, for me, I'll respect, Maria, but maybe <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll change my mind, I'll go for Tico because to go yeah to, yeah but, like to win uh champions league super cup and like club world yeah. cup in like five finals yeah. like, going to five finals already so, yeah. like it's right. amazing it's amazing well, for me it's
0: amazing I, so, okay i'll change okay, my mind I'll everything you said it, it pains me to admit but unfortunately i have to go with mourinho right because based on the fact that all he has won he, i think he's the most successful I think he still is the most successful Chelsea manager, but obviously the most successful manager over, over under Roman. So unfortunately, I just have to admit it, it, it. Just it's just Mourinho. So you know, but I agree. With you. I would gladly want to say Tukul as well, but I just have to admit that's Mourinho. But yeah, let's go with um, Who do you think is the worst and the best player under Roman, under the Roman era, rather, and best player for you?
1: Worst player. I can't think of anyone. Yeah, I can't think of. Like, we have a lot of best plays in the Romance era. So, one, I'll go for like our legend, uh, Frank Lampard.
0: No, okay, I thought you were going to say Drogba, but Lampard, yeah.
1: I mean, Lampard was there
0: before Roman came, but fair enough. Fair enough. Lampard. Lampard and Drogba. Okay. Who'll be here Well, worst and best player.
2: I mean, I can't think of worst, but one player that's on my mind to be honest at least my personal worst uh, player was alvaro morata it has to be him
0: oh my god remember no. what a color- I'm, I'm gonna def- you know i'm gonna defend <laughs> morata you know i'm going to defend him do you know why what? i mean yes it was he was the dickhead, everything yeah but i'm gonna defend him because i can see the potential in him he was a crybaby. don't get me wrong yeah But I love that goal he scored against Manu. Like, you could see the potential there. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I will defend him.
2: But like, still, at least with us, he was one of the worst players. Him and Higuain as well. (laughs) Higuain, I don't know why he came. (laughs) (laughs) Higuain wasn't that bad. I mean, yeah, but he came overweight and his movement was really bad. He was not even clinical Uh. for someone with his amazing... Experience at so many clubs International clubs Being Real Madrid I think The highlight of his career Someone who cannot finish in front of Smaller teams in the Premier League This is not an excuse in my opinion You know So yeah I don't know That's my opinion And for the best player it's a tie Between Mm -hmm. Kante Believe it or not Mm -hmm. And Drogba Mm -hmm. Of course Drogba He's a yeah. legend, he's he's just amazing. He may not have been our top scorer, but to me, it's not just about what you score, but your work on and off the pitch. He used to do everything. He even used to defend for us. <laughs> like if you remember the, the, the match against Barcelona yeah. in the Champions League uh, semi-final, yeah. he was almost like a center back yeah. sometimes. And at the same time, he was a striker. Yeah. Also, don't forget, he's the reason we won the Champions League in 2012. The header against Manuel Neuer, as well as the last penalty that he shot to the to the back of the net. He's a legend. Yeah. In the modern era, let's say, it's Kante, because yes, he doesn't score as much and does not provide many assists. But as I always say in almost every episode that this man is un- uh, unbelievable. He's everywhere on, on the pitch, just left, right, and center, correcting mistakes, uh, running forward. As I said earlier, that he's the reason why we scored four goals, basically, against Burnley yesterday. So it has to be him, in my opinion. He's an amazing player, honestly. He's a complete midfielder. He just uh-huh. needs to add more goals into his locker.
0: I agree to a certain level. You know, but I'm going to say something, I won't say controversial, I'm going to say something annoying, let's say. So for me, my worst player has to be two. Or I'll just say Ross Barkley. It sounds a bit harsh, you know, but I say Ross Barkley. Yeah, and then my best should be between Hazard and Drogba. And Petr Cech as well. Petacek is actually really underrated because when he first came, He made some amazing, like amazing saves and all that before the injury and all that. Even after the injury, he kept on being consistent. Mm. So, best, I'll probably say Petacek and Drogba on par. Hazard as well, but Petacek, I'll go Petacek. Then, worst, just out of like how much he annoys Mm -hmm. me whenever I see him play for Chelsea. So, it's kind of like a biased, biased, uh, what do you call it, biased opinion. So, I'll say Ross Barkley for worst. But yeah, I can agree. Harsh, no, man.
2: it's not that harsh, to be honest. <laughs> I can see where you come from with <laughs> Barkley. I mean, he <laughs> <laughs> was so arrogant.
0: He's so arrogant, man. He's yeah. so arrogant. Like, I remember when Ross Barkley felt like he was better than Mason Mount and all that. Like, he felt he was the next big thing at Chelsea and all that. I was so happy when we stripped him of that number eight um, not, jersey, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so annoying. Ross Barkley annoys me so much. So, yeah. You yeah. know, yeah, Ross Barkley. I agree
2: I agree well said
0: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah do you have any more like questions before we call it a day we haven't haven't really spoken much about Newcastle so I guess we'll talk about that in our next um,
2: yeah no that's fine Uh, I think the only thing I wanted to say about in this episode is Kennedy we didn't talk about him at all he played (laughs) in the Luton game look I think don't get me Uh wrong he didn't play very good But that's understandable because it Mm -hmm. was his... Of course, it's not his debut, okay? But it just feels like it. Yeah, his first time playing for Chelsea, although he played before. But I think it's his first time as a left wing back. The only thing I can... Like, he was terrible. His crossing was not good. His positioning was awful and everything. However, there's only one good thing I can take from that diluting game. I mean, I'm not trying to go back to it, but rather to Kennedy's performance. Um okay. I like to, the the fact that he's willing to push forward and he he's willing to whip the crosses in immediately maybe take a shot it's something we lack he has this uh, skill ability in his locker which is amazing it's what I said earlier that our players need more to be more skillful to take defenders one on one and he's willing to do that I noticed this in his game mm-hmm. I liked it I hope he improves upon it But hey, let's see how his uh, development goes with Chelsea. That's the only thing I wanted to add. Manuel,
0: Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Manuel, do you have anything to say to what Ubi just said now before I address it myself?
1: I don't really watch the game, so like... I didn't watch the game, so... Oh,
0: yeah, it's true. I forgot. I forgot. It's okay, yeah. Okay, Ubi, let me answer. I feel like Kennedy, he's good. He's good and eventually he's going to get better. But I feel like Tuku has his own method of like... Slowly integrating players into the team. So I feel like once Kennedy, once um Kennedy understands what Tuku wants from his left wing backs, I feel like he'll play. He'll be better if he has the if he has the ability anyway. But I think we need to give him a, a bit of time, same way as Saul. If you remember, Saul was um taken out of the team for a while, but eventually look at him now. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I don't, I'm happy Buckley isn't playing anymore, though. But, I mean, so I think it's clear to see Buckley isn't really good enough for Chelsea because he, I think the last time he played was against Chesterfield. And yet again, he gave away the ball in the middle of the park. And I think we almost considered, if not, we considered one of them. So, true, true, true. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like Kennedy, Kennedy will come in due time, in my opinion. If he has the ability, anyway, I feel like he will. Yeah. in due Indeed. Time.
2: I agree. I agree, man.
0: So, yeah. Um Norwich, I hope we win. So we could, after that, we will play Newcastle. Newcastle won't be easy though, because I follow. New, I've I listen to their podcast, True Fate. New, True Fate. Um, Newcastle, True Fate. Mm-hmm. True Fate Newcastle podcast, rather. So I listen to. I've been I've been following Newcastle for a while, and I know Eddie Howe is on form and all that. So it'll be nice to see how Tuku, um, how cool adapts his, um rather how Tuku approaches the game. So it'll be nice to see. I'm looking forward to it actually. Yeah, me too. Me too. And then. Then Smith, he's not, he's a, he's he's not an easy coach. He's gonna be pragmatic in that game, so it'd be nice to watch and see.
2: Indeed, I think it would be, we wouldn't like, we're gonna win, but not by much. Maybe like a one nil, two nil maximum against Newcastle, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: yeah, a nice comfortable home victory. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. But they're on form, you know,
2: they're on form actually.
0: They're on form yeah. actually.
2: But still, we're also on form, so.
0: true 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 so yeah guys this brings us to the end of the podcast episode rather the episode so yeah we're looking forward to hearing from you guys again soon we'd love to have you again
2: yeah me too man thanks for having me again personally i had lots of fun it's always good to discuss chelsea news with you
0: (laughs) cheers bro mano it's good to have you as well we love having your perspective
1: I'm also very grateful for you having me here. Like, also have a fun time. Like, I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much.
0: Cheers, bro. Cheers, bro. And thanks again for listening. Thanks for listening to us. Feel free to leave a review, a rating, and yeah, five-star rating, I guess. And then, yeah, we'll, 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 hear you. we'll see you again in the next um, the next match. Yeah, okay. Have a good day. Cheers, guys.
2: Cheers. Bye-bye. All right.